Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. And I'm Nick. Today, we're going to be doing a full review of Francis Lawrence's The Hunger Games Catching Fire. But uh, before that, we're going to do a quick little discussion of Hollywood stars that uh, that we want to see more of. and Well, not necessarily Hollywood stars, but newer actors that we want to see more of and uh, newer actors that Hollywood is trying to shove down our throat. That we do not want to see more of. Yes. That we, that we wish they would stop. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose part of this kind of ties in with the Hunger Games, as we said earlier, because, as we said earlier, not on the podcast, because, uh, you know, Hunger Games is filled with a lot of younger people that, uh... Up-and-coming stars. Yeah. So, um, I think it's a discussion that we've had little bits and pieces of beforehand. Uh, I, I seem to recall the Lone Ranger coming up and Army Hammer being one of those people that Hollywood was just so desperately trying to make into a star mm-hmm. with that and whichever the Snow White movies he was in. and mm-hmm. just, That would be Tarsum's Mirror Mirror. Yeah, okay. So, it, you know, there are these people that Hollywood just tries so hard to make into the biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. Another one we could say is Taylor Kitsch. He had a really big year last year, and it just completely bombed on him, which makes me very sad. Yeah. Because I'd love to see more Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. But, yep. So let's start the discussion, Willie. Who who do you, where 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 do you want to go first? People you people you want to see more of? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Um, I really like, and I I I feel bad, but I'm forgetting his name. Uh, the gentleman from, um, forgetting the movie's name too. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> Great episode, guys. Perks of being a wallflower. Ah, Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. I like him. I like him a lot. Well, maybe you should have gone to see Percy Jackson 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I saw the first one, um, but I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I like him a lot. I, he he really surprised me in that movie, and the same goes for um, for Emma Watson, yeah. who who I enjoyed in the, the Harry Potter movies well enough. I mean, she you know she did what she did in those movies, but she she stood out in that. That, that whole young cast was very good, and I like yeah. both those two in particular. Uh, I like to see more of them. Uh, do some different things. The bling ring does not good enough, Emma. <laughs> Come on. You can do better. Um, I also want to see more of Dave Franco. <laughs> I, like, he's been popping up in, like, these movies that I've really enjoyed lately. Like, he was in the Fright Night remake, and um, he's actually really funny. He's not in it a ton, but he's really funny in it. Um, he's kind of super douche, and, and he's really fun to watch. Yeah. He was in 21 Jump Street, and he was pretty good in that. Yep. Um, he was also kind of a super douche in that movie. <laughs> um, and then he was in... Uh, now you see me, and he was like really oh. standout in that movie. Like he was really good in that movie. I want I want to see now you see me. I wanted to. He was I cool. Had he had a great sense of humor. Um, he was kind of a badass, like in a ways you don't expect Dave Franco to be. <laughs> um, he would have made a good Peter Parker slash Spider Man. I'm just gonna throw that out there, which is really funny because you know <laughs> his brother was. What if he had played Harry Osborn? I would actually be okay with that. That would have been really funny too. <laughs> It'd be really funny. <laughs> Um, passing the James Franco plays Norman now, and, and Dave Franco <laughs> plays plays Harry. What? Um, yeah, James, so James Franco and prosthetics and really terrible wig and yeah. <laughs> crappy wig. Um, no shitty wig. It's just, we're, we're gonna get an explicit tag, so let's just throw it out there. Um, shitty wig. But, hashtag uh, shitty wig. Hashtag shitty wig. Uh, those those are some people that I, I want to see more of, and, and there's probably even more. I mean, Hemsworth, obviously, Chris. He really I mean, he's done a few movies since he blew up with the first Thor. I think that he blew up as an actor bigger than the franchise of Thor has yeah. blown up itself. Um, and I think that, I mean, he's, he did Rush. He did, uh, well, Red Dawn, Red Dawn and Cabin don't even count because they were released. <laughs> they, were, they were filmed well before the first yeah. Thor movie. But he really hasn't done a ton of work since that first Thor movie. No. Um, we haven't really, there are some people who have been thrust into like stardom, but haven't yet been able to kind of demonstrate their range or do sure, other things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to see. I, I I like Chris Hemsworth a lot, and I really want to see him do some. I want to see him do some stuff, um, some more dramas and whatnot. And I, I really want to see Rush. Um, just yeah. to See what he what is you know his non comic book acting chops are going to be like. Yeah. So as far as people that I don't want to see anymore, um, this one's a little. I don't know. There's not a ton of actors that really, really, really great on me um it's not that hollywood's trying to make this this actress but i see her in a lot of smaller more independent movies and i can't stand her juno temple Mm. oh my god i can't stand that actress i don't know what it is about her she just i feel like she's always playing these like overly damaged weird (laughs) borderline you know uh 
mentally deficient people <laughs> that like are into some sort of creepy stuff and like she's always like getting naked in these movies and being overly it's I don't I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting sick of that shtick. She's trying to be, like, weird. I don't know. It's not The only, only Juno Temple exposure I've had is uh, Dark Knight Rises. And, and okay. that she was very small. I've seen her in three movies in the yeah, last year. She was Selena's friend, kind of. Uh, the blind girl. Uh, girl. Um, I've seen her in three movies in the last year, so I saw her in uh, Killer Joe. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> I saw her in The Brass Teapot. It was awful. And I saw her in Magic Magic. It was awful. <laughs> and she is horrifying to behold in all of them. So I don't like Juno Temple. Right. I, don't. I literally, I have blacklisted her. <laughs> I've never done that for an actor before. Like, I will, if I see Juno, Juno Temple's name attached, I will not watch the movie. Okay. Period. Fair enough. So, yeah. All right, Nick. People, stars you want to see more of or less of? I feel so ill-equipped for this discussion. <laughs> Because I know I'm always grousing about this in real life. Like, actors, I am just so sick of their face. And yeah. right now, I just I can't even conjure one up. Um, it's probably because I have a really serious headache, and it's disrupting the, the process. Was it caused by an actor? <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, I, I have a few, though, for people I want to see more of. Uh, he's not young anymore, but James Marsden. Give me some more James Marsden. Yeah. Sure. He's mm-hmm. awesome. He's one of those guys that like was so on the cusp, like... He did a couple of those like WB era, like early or late nineties, early two thousands thrillers, like mm-hmm. Gossip and um, and uh, Disturbing Behavior. And he mm-hmm. was so on the cusp of like absolute stardom, like along with some of those guys that were coming out at the time. And and it just never, yeah, he just never. He, kinda, he got to X Men and then just kind of. He kind of been working out. ever since. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's just he's never he's never that guy. He always Which delivers solid performances too, yeah. you know. So, um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, show me more Oscar Isaac. He's awesome. <laughs> I think we're gonna be getting some more of him too. Yeah, yeah. We'll okay. see what Inside Lewin Davis does yeah. for him. But I've I've just been impressed by him every time I've seen him. Even when he was just like total scumbag, sleazy Prince John in uh, Ridley's Robin Hood. Was he was he the gentleman from? I keep saying gentleman. I feel like Tim right now. <laughs> Sucker Punch. Uh, no, from um, Born, the latest Born movie. He was. He's in the, in, in the opening yeah. shot, shot scenes of that, right? I barely remember that, but yeah, yeah. that's true. I, I remember being really impressed by that guy. Like, he was one of the things I was like, okay, I like that. He's good. He, he was in Sucker Punch. And, he's in Drive. Yeah. Is he? Um, okay, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's good. Okay. Uh, these two kind of go hand in hand. Uh, Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg. Liked them both when I saw them in Social Network, and I've seen them since then, and I've, I've always like enjoyed watching them. Yeah. And they've done relatively different things since then, which I think is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad for not having a lot of actresses, but I'm not sick of Jennifer Lawrence yet, but I probably will be a year from now. <laughs> but I really like her, and I think she's actually really talented, she so is. it would be cool to see more of her and to see her in more movies. Do you think you're going to be sick of her because she's in, <laughs> because she's just, from a pure, like, exposure stand, like, she's in so many, so much, like, product coming out? She's just out? in a lot of press right now, yeah. Okay. So I, I, if that maintains, which I'm sure it will over the well, course between, of the Games. Well, between Hunger Games and X-Men, she's yeah. kind of got that. But the stuff that she's in that's not those, like uh, Silver Linings, Silver Linings is great. Yeah, she was really good in it. Curse you, David O'Russell. American Russell, Hustle. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see in American Hustle, but yes, hopefully it's will. terrible because mm-hmm. David O'Russell Don't sucks. say that. <laughs> good cast. Don't care about the cast. Um, I, I'm curious to see what Henry Cavill does post Man of Steel. Yes, I know he's in yes. The Man from Uncle, which should be pretty cool. If that um, ever actually gets off the ground, they're filming it. Are they? Yeah. Nice. Is it him? It's him and who? Uh, Cruz? Tom Cruise? No, they, Cruz. Cruz was the lead, and then he left. Him and uh, oh god, I will, Alex. I will. Look I think it up. it's either him and Army Hammer. Speaking of, or. Uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Guy that's, Ritchie's directing it. That's based on an old TV show, right? Yeah, yes. an old English... Uh, well, we'll go in here and I'm not too familiar with. I'm not too familiar with, with the, the We're going to take the longest way possible to figure this information out. Uh, Army Hammer and Henry Cavill. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, and lastly, I can't talk about a list of actors I want to see more without mentioning Lee Pace. <laughs> it's got to happen. Pace, yeah. There's a surprising lack of Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm. O- it's only because he wasn't in uh, uh, tw- Twelve Years a Slave. He had to. He 
I'm, there's probably a deleted scene with him somewhere. What like, a hot he, young talent he is. <laughs> steamy. See, that's the thing is, I feel like a lot of my choices that I initially was writing down were o- older dudes that I want to see more of, like that's more okay, mature. Yeah. I'm not interested in a lot of these young pups because they're not. Well, they haven't. They haven't. They're had, unproven. And that's part of what. Yeah, that's part of what I was getting to is that Hollywood isn't giving some of these. Young I really kids. like a lot of these like middle aged character actors that are coming out of the woodwork and suddenly blowing up. They're much more interesting to me and yeah. so much more fun to watch. Yeah. Because there's just a visible, just confidence and just command. Like those people who get it later on in life. Like it happened to Gary Oldman, kind of. Uh, but even uh, like Brian Cranston and Kyle Chandler both are like. I was just gonna say, all the li- I could I could rattle them off the top of my head. And a couple of these on here. I mean, Oscar Isaac, James Mars, and Lee Pace. They're they're all in their like mid to late thirties. Yeah. Um, they've been around the block, but they're, I think they're so much more fun to watch on screen than a lot of these like vapid 20 somethings. Cause they just haven't, they don't know yet. No, they I feel don't. like they're not, they're just not good enough actors. You know, they used to, they used to really pay their dues before they were like a list stars. They mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. in like dumb, shitty movies or like, you know, party at Kitty and Studs type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. And, uh, they had, they had to work their way up and like learn how to act. Yeah. And then they, they broke through, they earned it. It's so rare when you get like a like a Dustin Hoffman who just immediately was impressive and, and gained, but he was that talent. And now it's like, like I said before we started recording, um, they in a lot of these movies where they cast younger people, I think that's part of the problem is that a lot of the big mainstream movies are, are hewed towards younger people, yeah. but they're casting a lot of models and not actors or people yeah. that are, they can play one character and then that's why they go away because they never get the chance to learn yeah. how to be other characters, which is sad. Mm-hmm. But the, in the uh, case of Michael Bay, he actually casts models sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> and sometimes there, there's probably been the odd. I'm sure there's some actors that I like that started out as models and and uh, you know actually had had talent and were entertaining. Um, or like The Rock, who was a damn wrestler. But yeah, I mean he's amazing. Yeah, I think talent can come from many oh, places. I want to see more of The Rock. Also, yeah, everybody does. Um, the list of people I don't want to see. I mean. <laughs> We've talked before about Alex Fur and how we don't want to see him at all. And who else? Well, my question is, what have we really seen him in? Just posters. <laughs> I don't want to see him. I, I have seen. I've seen. I've. I've seen him in. I am number four. Me too. I watched a little bit of I am number launching four. Launching pad for a franchise. Which I've probably which had in, a cool premise. It did. Yeah. I've seen him in in um, Magic Mike. I've seen him in In Time with Justin Timberlake. Woof. I forgot and about I'm that one. And I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm pretty sure that, that that's the extent. Oh, I'm sorry. I've seen parts of Beastly at the video store. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of it is, as Nick is saying, that Hollywood isn't giving them a chance. Like, may, maybe Alex Pettifer is a fantastic actor. He might be. And he's just getting inserted into these stupid young adult adaptations where scripts get farted out just so they can start raking in the money. Like, it's... No, I don't think he's even a good yeah, actor. Maybe. maybe not necessarily, but it's just that he's being thrown into these spotlight roles that are being crammed on our throats, and we're like, "Who is this asshole?" Like, I don't want to watch you, kid. I don't know who you are. Or yeah, he hasn't. He he. I don't know. On the other hand, we're also not the target audience for these. True. <laughs> it could be. You know, the thing is too. Like the whoever's doing it, his agents or or, or Hollywood in general liking him, or you know. It, I think it might be doing more harm to a career like somebody like his, like than than good, because I think that a lot of people are like, he, yes, he's in a lot of high-profile movies, but if they're if they wind up being disappointments at the box office, like I am number four, in the long run, it's going to hurt. I don't know. No, it's, yeah, it's that's true, that's true. I mean, there, there are movies though where I have not been the target audience of, and I've enjoyed certain sure, actors. Yeah. Like even during Catching Fire, there were a few of the younger actors that I was like, "Wow, I like I like these people's performances," and I think that's where it shines through a little more. No, that's that's true. But I but like movie like Beastly. Well, there sure. there are sure. yeah sure. There are people who have had their chance though and have failed to impress me numerous times, and now I'm sick of them. Go away. The number one that always leaps to mind is Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> like, Move to a farm somewhere and be a ranch hand. I don't know, man. Nymphomaniac might really... <laughs> I'm so sick of his face and his voice and everything. Like, he almost ruined Outlaws for me. <laughs> Outlaws. Or Lawless, as it's known in the world. and uh, In everybody's world but mine. <laughs> yeah. 
the whole that movie had such a great cast, and he was in there, and I was like, you know what? He's surrounded by all these great actors. I'll watch it. And just watching him, I was like, God, I just want to punch your face. Yeah, he never. He didn't. He didn't offend me by any means, but he certainly. He wasn't even able to be elevated by the people around him, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, that's a fair point. All that much. And there's no shame in that. Like, if you were a child actor and you made it, that's great. And if you just are not an engaging adult actor, then that's fine. Go work. Well, to be fair, you're not going to see much of him. Like, what is he in now? That's true. He's got Nymphomaniac. That's the best. And that's probably just going to, that's going to make him skyrocket. I think a lot of, a lot of the <laughs> stuff with him, too, is that he has, an, he has an attitude and an arrogance about him, I think, just... From things you hear about him in real life and like interviews and stuff, I've seen him and I just there's a certain vibe he gives off that's kind of you can be arrogant but back it up like if yeah. you're if you're an awesome actor, be as arrogant as you want. Like, then you look at someone like Daniel Day Lewis, who's like considered by many to be like the greatest actor of Argent like of all time, and he's just so humble and like yeah. oh hi hi I don't know. What else? I think a lot of that too comes with part of the reason we like these middle aged older guys too is they're they're more humble because they. Because they've, they've lived without that, yes, that success. They were yeah. working stiffs before. Totally. So, I was going to say something about Josh Hutcherson, but you're right. Like, he's not in that much. He's got a bunch of, like, smaller things. He's yeah. been in, in, like, these little, and like, you know, anything. I know things I've, I've or... seen him in something that I liked him in, too. I don't remember what. And while well, he was in, like... Zathura? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. He was in, uh, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth and then Journey 2. But that was like that's pre Hunger Games. Like that, that, that he didn't yeah. he didn't gain that off of off of the Hunger Games. He did Games. the Red Dawn remake too. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of a bunch of actors trying to be shoved in my face, <laughs> Josh Peck. Why is he trying to be happen? I thought of <laughs> one, I thought of another one I do like. Uh, Why is he trying to be happen? Jamie Bell. I like Jamie Bell. Okay, Jamie Bell's good. Yep. When I he don't... was he was cast in a pretty huge role in King Kong and I was like ooh this is cool because mm. he was relatively you know he was small he he made Billy Elliot when he was like a kid and I was like that's the Billy Elliot kid alright let's see how he does as a grown up and I thought he was actually really good yeah. also in starring in Infomaniac by the way <laughs> Jamie Bell <laughs> he didn't uh, he didn't blow my socks off with uh, Man on a Ledge but yeah well that movie in general. No, stri- no strikes against him on that one, but I don't the know. Sam Worthington one? Yeah. Speaking of people that were shoving their face. <laughs> Sam Worthington got it, like... He had he had Avatar, he had Terminator, he had Man on a Ledge. He had, he, like, he, I've never yeah. really Clash disliked him in anything, though. I, I actually thought he was the best part of Terminator Salvation. He's yeah, pretty good. yeah, totally. And in Avatar, he was actually pretty good, he was, too. He was, he was, he was, he was, he's a... But Clash of the Titans, he... No, yeah, I don't Clash think of the Titans, fault, yeah. Wow, he, he vibes he, as an action star. When you look at him, you're like, I can see him being an action star. I, I know you're not going to really like this, but another person I'm kind of played out on, Anton Yelkin. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm funny. pretty okay with not seeing you for a while. I think he does a lot of indie stuff, so he doesn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? Like he, most, of, I mean, he is a bit like a little small part in Star Trek. He does fine in the Star Trek movies, you know. But he, for a while there, he was in a lot of. He's stuff. just one of those names, I guess, where people always go, "Oh, I love him," and I'm like, "Why?" Yeah, I guess he's 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 quite talented for for. Yeah, I guess the fact that well, he was like yeah, he was like nineteen when he was in Star Trek. Wasn't well, he? Hearts in Atlantis was his first movie. He was he was acting. That's true. Anthony Hopkins Hearts and the Atlantis, kid, the kid held his own against Anthony. That's so he's true. an impressive actor. But I understand <laughs> what you're saying. He was very overexposed for a while there, and yeah. I don't know if he deserves that much uh, that much publicity. But not yet, Alex. You need to you need to get a couple of these bad boys. No, I, I don't know. I don't I don't have any answers for this question. Taylor Kitsch all day every day. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Headland, Taylor Kitsch. The entire Garrett cast of Friday Night Headland. Lights. Garrett Headland. Garrett Headland. Give me more. See, Garrett. He's on the Taylor Kitsch boat though. The I two will, of them are in the same paddle boat together. Where I don't think Holly so was though. Trying to. Not really. Like what is Garrett? Garrett Headland got Tron, and like that was it. He was in the country movie. He was in Aragon. He's going to be in Lewin Davis. <clears throat> I, okay, but he, but he, like, he was in Four Brothers. He didn't, he didn't get. Oh, I love that movie. He didn't get John Carter Savages and Battleship in one year. Like, yeah. he, like that. They didn't. He, I don't think they've Especially tried. Especially Battleship with him yet. and John Carter. Those two were supposed to both be like triple A. Yeah, those those are like tentpole releases, and they yeah. just didn't. It didn't. didn't he was work in out. Troy. He Which, was in Death Sentence. It sucks. It really sucks because Taylor Kitsch is awesome. Like he's really a solid actor. You, I think a lot of people just cast Battleship aside because of its name, and maybe you should because why are we making movies based off of board games? But I th- it's still like the movie's not. 
It's better than any Transformers movie that I've seen in the past decade. Yeah, I think a big part of that was marketing, too, honestly. Absolutely. Well, you can't market Battleship, because all people are going to say, like me, is why are they making a movie based off of a board game? Like, I'm not going to go see Hungry Hungry Hippos. Like, I don't... They just shouldn't have called it Battleship. I'm not going to see Monopoly whenever whoever is working, like Gore Verbinski or, or I don't... Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley he was going to make a Monopoly movie, which is hysterical. Like, I... Okay, maybe Ridley. I would go see Ridley Scott doing Monopoly, but that's for completely Just to see reasons. what that is. Yeah, so, it, you know, Taylor Kitsch... he gets Rucker back as Monopoly guy? <laughs> Beautiful. The re-teaming of Rucker Howard. For Monopoly, <laughs> Ridley Scott I, as I'd Monopoly. I'd like to see more Taylor Kitsch. I'd like to see more Garrett Hedlund. Um, I'm looking forward to Llewellyn Davis. Justin Timberlake has kind of been forced down our throats, but the things that I've... I forgot like, to say Justin. I, I, he was fantastic in uh, The Social Network. He was perfect as Sean Parker, and I loved that. I like that role for him. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how he does in uh, Little and Davis. I think he'll be good. I think he, he's one of those guys, and he's a very, very strong director. And, I, and I've, I've wanted Great. to see like uh, Trouble with the Curve, and uh, there's one other one that he's been in recently. Not Robin Runner. With him and Jeff? Maybe Open Road. I'd see that because Jeff Bridges anyway. But there was one more. Oh, jeez. I can't remember what else I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Justin Timberlake, you know, he should take a little bit of a backseat for a while. But If JT was like, if he showed up like every couple years in something in like a small part, I would welcome it. Because I did like him in The Social Network. Mm -hmm. And now I've had like three or four years and I want to see him again in Lewin Davis. Like a certain type of character, I think I accept him in. But the fact that they were trying to make him into like the next Will Smith. Yeah, the star. Well, they wanted wanted to be Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, Will Smith, Jennifer Lopez. Like that huge Mm -hmm. like multimedia. Ice Cube. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that's enough for that discussion. Sorry, I killed it, boys. No, it's okay. Um, on to our full review of Francis Lawrence's The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Second movie in the series. First one was out last year in March. Uh, it was last year? Yeah. Wow, they pumped this one out fast. Yeah, they did. And we're going to get another one next year and another Holy one the year after moly. that. Um, so starring Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutcherson, Lester Hem- uh, Liam Hemsworth, and... Um, I don't know, Woody Harrelson, Donald Sutherland, Philip Seymour Hoffman, most importantly. Stanley Stanley Tucci. Tucci. Most importantly. Um, Toby Jones. (laughs) The the synopsis is Katniss Everdeen and Peter Mellark become targets of the capital after their victory in the 74th Hunger Games sparks a rebellion in the districts of Panem. Okay. Okay. So we can kind of go around and quick brief thoughts on the first film and then we can delve into this one brief i mean like a minute uh the first movie was it was fine i I didn't it didn't blow me away in any way shape or form i'd read the first book so i kind of knew what i was getting into but i didn't think it was there was nothing about the first movie that stood out to me it was just kind of there okay i I mean nothing i didn't the only thing that, that really really got under my skin was the was the lack of development for like certain characters that seemed like they should be important specifically the Liam Hemsworth character, like, he did nothing in that movie. Yeah, he <laughs> um, was, he's, yeah. So pointless. And then, um, the shaky cam, which everybody had a problem yeah, with. Absolutely. Him. So, yeah. yeah. Nick? <laughs> That's just the worst headache. <laughs> <laughs> Hunger Games, part one, uh, catching flack from Nick. <laughs> I really, really, really hated the first Hunger Games movie. And I, I went into it, like, was like, all right, cool, like, this sounds kind of neat, dystopian. You're like, whatever. I like Battle Royale, maybe this will be a... Yeah, but, um, no, I just was thoroughly unimpressed from top to bottom. I had not read the book, so most of the time I found myself looking around going, what the hell is going on in this movie? Yeah. I had, I didn't relate to any of the characters, I didn't think any of them were actual characters, they were just, like, cardboard cutouts strapped to RC cars and driven around. <laughs> um... <laughs> I like that. The action was really bad. The shaky camera can tell what that was. It was just a miserable attempt of a movie. You mean the guy who directed Sea Biscuit and Pleasantville can't direct action? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've never. I don't think I've ever seen Sea Biscuit. It might have cool like horse racing sequences. I don't remember be. them, but I I don't know. Pleasantville's great. Pleasantville's great. That's a great but there's movie. nothing that you know that guy from. Pleasantville. Maybe he can direct. A well, you know that kind of stuff happens, though. Large the franchise guy star. Who directed Memento? He could make Batman. Like you know, who knew? 
I mean, both those films, though, deal with conflict. <laughs> but other people, youth. other people would say that Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are not exemplary, uh, shining examples of action. Well, they they we could get into a whole thing here. Yeah, let's. <laughs> some let's, of the action is a mess. Some of it is good. But back on no, track, I just boys. think I think the Hunger Games really suffered from a script perspective, directing perspective. It just it was the whole nine yards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't like it at all. I yeah. thought it was a, a pretty solid flop. Uh, I was not a huge fan. I gave it a little more. I had a little bit of novelty to it because I hadn't seen uh, Battle Royale, and so the the that kind of idea was still kind of fresh and interesting to me. Um, uh, I liked Jennifer Lawrence enough. Uh, didn't didn't really care too much about anybody else. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was not a huge Gary Ross. I like Gary Ross is on my blacklist. I don't really care to see anything by him anymore, which isn't true. That's not true at all. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was just I don't know. Like the the shaky cam alone was enough to make me. If Gary Ross ever directs another action movie, then I'm probably just going to be like, I'll wait until everybody in the world tells me to see this, and then maybe I won't see it anyway. But if it's got Juno Temple in it. I won't see it. <laughs> isn't it weird how some people can do shaky cam well though? Yeah. It's very weird. Well, kind of. There's a fine line between shaky and I can't tell what's happening right now, I think. And sometimes that's the problem is sometimes people use it as a crutch. Yeah, that's true. To cover, like... Cover up special effects. Low budget or special effects. People who can't fight. You either own it or you hide it in, like, other... In, like, set design or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, quick side note. I rewatched The Incredible Hulk, the 2008 Hulk movie, last night. And uh, they do a good... Like, the, the effects are a little spotty now. But they do a good job for a lot of it of hiding him, like yeah. in or covering it with other stuff, with or using or using like long that. shots where he blends more. And I was like, that was fucking smart. Yeah, like they knew. Hey, in 2013, this might not look as good as it did. Yeah. Okay, I think that about sums up how I felt about the first Hunger Games. So you you kind of you got a basis a baseline of where we are all at for the Hunger Games series thus far. Um, Willie, how did you feel about Catching Fire? Well, I think it's certainly an improvement upon the first one in, in terms of, of the action. It, it solves the issues where, where that shaky cam came into play in the first one. Um, clearly, uh, Francis Lawrence has directed action before, even if you didn't know that he had. Um, clearly, he has a handle on that, and he knows how to... You mean people don't know that Constantine and I am Legend exist? <laughs> well, they, they, they probably know they exist, but they might not know that he was uh, he was uh, the brainchild behind true. that. But, um, no, I you know, it's... It suffers from a lot of the same problems, I think, as the first one from a from a story standpoint for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I, I feel like there's such potential for the world that's built, um, the universe that they've built for the, for these books, and I think that it's often squandered on um, the things. Love triangle. Yeah, things that just seem. Look, I understand. I know that. I know that teenagers like the romantic stuff, especially teenage girls. I get it. I totally do. I used to watch, uh, you know, teen romantic comedies all the time when I was, you know, in middle school, high school. I get it. But I think that when you're when you're dealing with with something that's so with such a cool concept, that it's it's a detriment to the final product. It's a detriment to the characters, especially to. Have them focusing on these such these these small scale problems like when the the stakes are so high, yeah. you know, and the stakes are much higher in this movie I think than in the first one certainly. Um, that and my other my other major gripe, um, non spoiler gripe is that I think this movie falls into a very nasty trap of pretty much doing exactly what the first movie did for about the first hour hour and a half. I mean it's seriously almost a carbon copy of the first film. Well, in some ways, it's it, like by design. the The book and the movie are kind of remakes of the first, the yeah. first thing in the series. Yeah, and, and I, I know that they were tethered by <laughs> very by what, eloquent. This is why I host a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know they were tethered by what the book did. Certainly, I mean, they don't want to make too many changes. They don't want to make the fans angry or anything. Yeah. I get that, but I think that maybe a. I mean, this movie what two thirty two hours and thirty minutes. 225. Yeah, okay, so around there. I, I feel like there is no re- like this is a film, and you have to assume that the, these people have seen the first one and don't need to see everything over again uh, a second time, and I just... I don't know. I feel like a lot of that stuff from that first hour with the tour and whatnot could have just been cut. See you later. 
it's not necessary. I don't think a lot of a large chunk of that. There's so much time spent with uh, Tucci's character again this time around, and it's just after a while, it's just like okay. Like, <laughs> really, the social commentary on 2013 world. But it's but the thing is, you you undermine all. Need that time social. on tour to see awkward sexual tension between Pita. <laughs> Pita. Um, what what they call penis? They call him. Yeah, Peter and Katniss. Peter and Katniss. Um, penis. And penis. But um, there's there's so much time spent uh, dealing with all this stuff leading up to the tournament, and and it works in the sense that once you get there, and once uh, once the characters are forced into this violent situation again, there's a shock value there. There's yeah. you kind of put yourself in their shoes because there's been such a slow methodical ride up until that. But I just I think it does more harm than good. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. See, it's interesting because um, they kind of played their hand. Like, they could have gone one of two ways and just not shown any of the games in the trailers and then just been like, oh, you'd wonder if they are going to make it back into the games, kind of. And But it, it, I don't know. It's a very tricky situation. I think... It, we'll get you know we'll save it for spoilers because I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, yeah, and we and another thing too, I think that that kind of that kind of hurts that I I never feel like I want to feel like what they're dealing with is so serious and so important to the world, and I just never quite can get there. Even even they, though they do like they do a good job of setting up how like dastardly the the government is, you know what I mean <laughs> by by doing horrible things like you know shooting random people that don't deserve you know what i mean oh Things, those horrible dastardly <laughs> death squads <laughs> <laughs> mustache tw- tw- tweakers or whatever but I, you know I, another thing that kind of hurts the the stakes are the uh just the the size and the scope of the tournament like the not the tournament but the 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 hunger games themselves yeah in the first film and in this film feel so short and like not grueling as compared to everything else in the movie yeah. Like the the tour in this film, the the tour they're going on feels grueling to me. Like I feel like by the end I'm like, oh man, that you know that was rough. And then by the end, like I don't feel that when I'm in the, like that's that's the one place where I should feel like, good God, these kids are just going through hell right now. I never feel I don't really feel that. Um, I didn't in the first one. I don't in this one, and it's unfortunate because uh, you know I I hate to compare it to Battle Royale. I don't think that's necessarily fair, but I by the end of Battle Royale I felt like. Oh god. These kids went through hell. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. Okay. They've seen things. Fair enough. Nick catching fire. Did it catch fire? <laughs> uh I actually liked catching fire. And I remember it's very funny. My reputation is just ridiculous ridiculously out of control, I guess, because I remember after the movie was over and I said that you were like that I absolutely am surprised me. Stunned. <laughs> Yeah, so was I. I'm not going to lie. I think if you hadn't seen any trailers, like if you hadn't seen anything that gave you the inclination that it could be better, that you would have been closer to where Willie is with Resident Evil movies and not wanting to see this one. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe. That's why I watch trailers, Alex. <laughs> you know what? I don't turn movies down. Um, so. I'm not saying that you do, but I just, I'm not. I was like, that was a weirdly accusatory uh, <laughs> no, 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 tone I didn't of voice. Mean, I don't turn movies down unless they're by David O. Russell, and then I see them anyways and like them, and then I hate them still. <laughs> I um, hate them worse. <laughs> I love that I, I hate that I love them. <laughs> but Hunger Games, Catching Fire. <laughs> I think it, it fixed a lot of the problems I had with the first movie, in that characters actually, I understood them a little bit, at least like two of them. And <laughs> which two? I liked. Well, I kind of, I kind of Caesar Flickman. I kind of under. Which, see, which one is that? That's they all Stanley have, Tucci. They all have made up. Names. Caesar Flickman is Stanley Tucci. They're like, they're like Mad Libs names. I'm right every about character that, right? in Caesar movie. Flickman. Okay. Caesar something. Yeah, okay. I think it's Flickman. They said, which is cool. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I actually felt this movie. I actually felt kind of bad for the kids and for the people because the characters actually show it. They stop pretending like it's like it's okay and it's just tradition and it's like what we do. Like even the characters that are involved in the system are like, this shit's fucked up. Like yeah. it's, and I and I was like, that's kind of cool. Like to actually see like the the smiles and the makeup wear away on some of the people and see them actually get affected by what they're seeing was kind of neat. And I think maybe it's just the progression of the story that the glitz of it is starting to erode away. And um, well, and you also from the sense of Katniss and Peta. They have their team of people like Cinna and Effie, like mm-hmm. they, so they have a, they actually have a te- uh, like 
some sort of affinity for the people that they're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Whereas beforehand, it's just these are the random kids that they get to try and hype up. True. So and, it's and, built, and, that's kind of built into the story a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So whether or not it's actually because the story's getting better <clears> or just because it's progressing, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I liked the action a little bit better. I thought the... This is more for spoiler Terry, but I think that the what is happening during the course of the game in this one is more is interesting versus how it's different from the previous yeah. movie. Um, I just think it looked better. It felt better. It just felt much more natural. It actually felt like a movie and not like a book on tape on screen. And but without all the parts, you need to understand what's going on. <laughs> uh, I had something good to say, and now I just it's escaped me. It's being cooked in my feverish brain. <laughs> um, just on on the whole, I, I liked it. I liked it actually. I would I wouldn't be adverse averse to watching it again at some point. Or I guess I guess the, next the one. yeah no I actually I I'm, I want to know what happens next after the first movie was over I was like oh god they should have just died <laughs> everyone should die but now that now that this one has come and gone I've, I'm actually kind of excited to see what the next two because it, it's kind of taking itself seriously now which I which I dig and. Um, I, re- I think that the, the social commentary aspects of it, which I was making a joke about before, but in sincerity, I think they're actually, they're good now. Yeah. Like I, I actually was very amused by a lot of what I was seeing, and I was like, I wonder if the kids who read this are even understanding what exactly is being said, or if it's just soaring over their head. Hopefully they get it, but I think it's uh, it's it's kind of nifty yeah. that, it's, that it's squeezed into this, so... Some of it feels very organic, and there are there are a few moments here in this one where I was I felt a little heavy handed, but not never to the point where I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's kind of not really a spoiler, I guess. There's there's a character in it who every line she says is just like, <laughs> she has like two lines. She's in like two or three scenes, but every every time she said something, it was just I was being bludgeoned. It was like an usher was walking down the aisle and just smashed me over the head with a with a wiffle bat, and I was like, yes, I get it, I get it, I see. It's sad. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, uh, which was somewhat of a surprise, but not really because I like Francis Lawrence and I hoped he would do a, a, a better job than Gary Ross did. And I, I fully, fully believe that he did. Um, let me, let me go back here and take a look at something. Um, but I, I feel it's, um, I think this movie does a better job of kind of you get a better glimpse at the universe just simply because they go on the tour you get to see more of Panem and understand what the world is and what exactly um what exactly is going on and why the Hunger Games are so important to the people and why it's so important to the government so just in getting more of that I think there's kind of more of an inherent value to this movie than there is to the first one because a lot of the times I think uh things Things were kind of, it, 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 in a way, this is very much a a better adaptation of the first book, kind of. But it's it's weird because that was book one and book two kind of did a similar feeling. It's yeah, it's I can't I can't blame anybody involved in the movie for that. No, I, I really can't. And it's well, hard to. And some of it might have been uh, like the first movie was written by Gary Ross and Suzanne Collins, the author of the book. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. And this one was written by Simon Beaufort and Michael Arndt of former Star Wars Episode Seven fans. <laughs> oh, Michael Arndt. You're so good. But uh, it, I think uh, I think the kind of creative change-up did a really good job, and I think they have some somewhat better material to work with. I think the second book, in my opinion, is, is a little bit better. But mm. it does have some issues... And a lot of those issues do come through uh, in the movie as well. A lot of the things that you said, Willie, I was like, yeah, well, a lot of this is all kind of set in the book. And sure. I, I personally, I I don't find myself caring about Katniss or Peeta or Gale at all. And that's kind of the biggest issue that I have. Because it's, I don't know, it, Katniss is just... I don't know. She acts stupid in a lot She's of different ways, and and they're all dumb. But they're not to mention that just like the whole concept of like, okay, she's got Gale, who she actually loves, and then there's Peta, who, you know, she loved out of necessity to get through the Hunger Games. Like it's but then kind of fell in love with it, yeah. Kind of fell in love with him, but didn't really because she's still like it's so she doesn't 
uh, the whole love triangle thing just doesn't work for me. Yeah, sure. And uh, and that's that's not any different here. It's probably not going to be any different in the next one. No, it's not. That it's not. That's. That's not what I'm looking for in these movies, you know. And maybe yeah. that's a, maybe that's my own problem, but yeah, you know. it's um, a shame too because you could have a really poignant love story, like love on like a battlefield type thing. It'd be I think it's even something they say in, at the end of the first movie. They're like, "Oh, they f- love was found in the battlefield." Yeah, but because by by making it a facade in the first movie, you kind of cheapen that idea of it. Just kind of, I don't. Well, plus for teenagers, to, I mean, teenagers fall in love like over nothing. Like true. So it's not as like the reason part of the reason this movie was cool was because a lot of the people in the games were like of varying ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was really excited to see some of the interaction, cool. and then you don't really get any of it. So yeah, it's kind of a, you get a little bit, but it's not. There's it's a bit of a lot. That's another thing where once again, the, I feel like the, the games just feel so short to me, and like yeah, just that's, really that's a, and they're done. Like that's, that's it. That's very much and, a and it, I don't know that bummed me fault out. of where the greater story is going, but we can talk about that in spoiler territory. I, I have feel a like question. that would allowed for more development from the cool characters that you get, like the, the smaller characters too. Like I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I want to say real quick, we did see it in actual IMAX at the, uh, the yep. Henry Ford and uh, the 50 minute game sequence was very very interesting and, and uh, where did that start I, I, I honestly didn't even notice it starts shift, just like. as she goes up the tube and then it ends at the end of the okay. yeah so <laughs> when she goes back down the tube <laughs> spoilers um, Nick what's your question uh, has anyone seen well, Mystic River, I think we've mostly seen. Million Dollar Baby. Let me try to find a good one here. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers are Letters from Iwo Jima. Have I seen all yes. those? Yes. I've seen not. either of I've those seen two. Three, I've seen yeah. three. Flags or Letters. Yes. I've okay. What's the action like in those? Is it shaky camera? Is it very clean? Um, I think there's a, there's a pretty good mixture of it, actually. I don't remember specifically. I don't remember it being so shaky that I was PO'd by it or anything. I'm just looking at the the DPs for these two movies, and the guy who DP'd the first Hunger Games has shot, like, no action ever. The two action movies would be Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo and I think they're more... There's not a lot of action, not a lot of wartime scenes. Those are more drama, from what I recall, but it's been a long time, so... Right, that's kind of what I was thinking. I could be wrong. And then Hunger Games 2... It was a different... Yeah, different okay, director, different, different DP. The yeah. DP who did that also DP'd uh, Limitless, Okay, 30 Days of Night, yep. Hard Candy. Um, Those are all slick-looking movies, too. So Confessions of a Shopaholic. <laughs> uh, so slick. He's directed a little bit of TV and some music videos, so it seems like he just comes from a more, a little more frenetic background, and he yeah. looks like a much younger guy, too. So maybe he's just got a better... I mean, that, that could be a big part of it, too. Maybe maybe Gary Ross got in there and had the wrong DP for the job. Maybe. The wrong director and wrong DP, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting how... Because, I mean, a lot of the way the, the look and a lot of the shakiness is attributed to the DP, too. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. That's not all his decisions, so... All right. Uh, we've arrived at the end of our allotted time for the non-spoiler section, which that's fine. I don't... There's not much more that I wanted to sure. say that wasn't yeah. spoilery. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and spoil it, Terry. I think we all can recommend the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. Which, once again, surprises cool. me very I'd much. I'd say even if, <laughs> even if you didn't like the first one, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. As the person here who did not like yeah. the first one, I, will, yeah. I can reinforce that Absolutely. statement. All right. We'll be right back. We're now in spoiler territory for Francis Lawrence's The Hunger Games Catching Fire. So, um, trying to think of anything that I had that I wanted to say particularly spoilery. Anybody have anything? Well, I, I, I want to mention real quickly, Nick kind of touched upon this before with the first film, and I, I, I feel, I felt, I felt, I felt it worse in this one, it's probably because I didn't read the book for this one, I guarantee that's what it is, but, uh, this, especially when it comes to the actual layout and conception and how the games work and the history of the games... And the idea of the clock spinning in the yeah. game itself, anything that has a, it's a technical part of, of, of that government function makes as little to no sense to me whatsoever. 
it doesn't, it doesn't, I feel like that's something that's probably well, very well described in the book, mm-hmm. how the clock thing works, and, and I, not that I need to know that to enjoy the movie, but I feel like it's something that works, that, that probably is explained very well in the book. Some, it's not necessarily how it works, but you obviously get to spend more time with them figuring it out, and sure. what it actually, like, it's more than just a few lines of dialogue that you could and miss almost, something. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder if, if that time spent that with them doing that, literally, what was the point? They, I mean, they, there wasn't one in this film for them to know that every hour, all they needed to know was that the the, the lightning strikes the tree, which is pretty obvious. Well, like, and it, yeah, that, I think I think that's something. I think the idea it's much more essential to in the book, at least, it's much sure. more essential to them actually surviving the game. Yeah, and it just it didn't feel like it was all that important to any of them. I mean, they, it's it's like they so learn they learn that they should stay on the beach and move across the <laughs> yeah. different wedges, and then at that point, it's just like okay, whatever. And by that point, everything's thrown out the window anyway. So. Yeah. I don't know that that part. That totally. See ya. That should have been gone at, in, <laughs> by the final draft of that script. I think most of it's just, hey, this is a cool way to set up the arena, and I think sure. I think and uh, it is. I think it looks interesting. I think I think yeah. uh, from a design standpoint, it's very cool. And I'm, like I said, I'm sure in the book, it's it's a lot more well conceived. It just doesn't. And, and once again, the, another thing that really was a head scratcher for me. I know you guys weren't quite as bothered by i was though i uh the concept of the 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 quarter quell every 25 years you can do something with the games where there were moments during the explanation of that where i was like what what are you talking about what i don't understand and i haven't watched the first one uh, since it came out either so i don't think that would necessarily i don't know if that would help but i i don't feel like you should have to you should never have have to read a book to see an adaptation. Yeah, that's, and I feel that's like true. this one for the most part is okay. Like it doesn't do that. To, it, it's not as guilty as certainly uh, some of the later Harry Potter movies where I was like, yeah, huh? yeah. But um, <laughs> no, I am the half flipper. Yeah, I'm the, <laughs> the half flipper. I love your description of that. Thanks, bye. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much like exactly how it Running happens. by the camera. Yeah. The title of the movie is Half Blood Prince, and the character who winds up being the Half Blood Prince literally straight up says, I'm the Half-Blood Prince, and disappears. And you're like, that's it? That's what I've been waiting I've for? I've seen that movie, and I didn't know who it was. Yeah. Yeah, right, that's exactly. fully... Uh, that's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. Um, that's a full this, explanation. That's a that's why that movie fails. Anyway. But this this one certainly is not nearly as guilty as some of the later Harry Potter movies for this. But I, I, I was always disappointed by that with that series because I always felt I was enjoying the ride. Because Even though I hadn't read the books, I was really enjoying it because they did a very good job of bringing new a new audience in for those movies and they're they're doing an even better job in, with this one i think but there's still some stumbles there where i'm like yeah I just, so, and some of that you know they're at a two and a half hour long movie and of course but uh <laughs> i also i was hoping that if they were to adapt that they would kind of figure out a way to kind of shortcut into the tour and the game like get get to the games quicker and spend a little more time in that world totally. because the arena is so interesting and the characters are so cool yeah and you don't really they didn't they didn't end up doing they did a much more straight adaptation which is why i think some of those failures of the book are passed on to the movie but mm-hmm. um i think more you know. time the, the biggest thing for me is the more i thought about it there there should have been more time spent as you said on on the in the arena, yeah, there should have been because it's you don't even get introduced to a lot of the the players until well into the movie, well after they're done with the tour and all that, yeah. And you just you start to like these characters. You start to like, okay, these are interesting characters. Certainly more interesting than the competitors in the first the first movie, yeah. And and then it, it's just kind of over, you know, like it mm-hmm. just kind of ends, and you're like, and you're not even sure. It's probably part of the design of it, but you're not even sure what the hell happened in the last five minutes of of that game, of that Hunger Games. Like, you're so yeah, that's very true. It's it's there's there's some there's a confusion element there too. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed it overall. Like I said, I just there there were certainly parts of it where I was kind of scratching my head, going, "Huh, what's going on here? You know, what does this mean? Why am I? Why should I care about this?" Or uh, that being said, Gale is like way better in this movie as a character than than the. Well, he has a little more to do, but even at that, I think he's uh, a more interesting character. Like I understand where he, what his, he's not just a guy that's sitting around pining for Katniss the whole time. Like he's yeah. he's he's got a that's Peta. Actually, it is in this one. I, yeah. it, you know, but in the first one, it was literally like the the one time besides the opening scenes that you see Gale was him staring jealously at a computer monitor or a monitor watching 
Pete and Katniss, yeah. you know, and, and yes, he does show the, the jealousy thing in this, of course, that's part of it, but he actually, I feel like I understand his motivations and what he's trying to do. Yeah. And he's not just sitting there waiting for Katniss. Like, there's a point in this movie where he's like, he's like, he's like I'm he, leaving. Yeah. So, or no, he's like, I'm staying if I'm you're going to yeah, go. Yeah, I'm staying. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't... He do gets it. a little more to do than... than other yeah, which is very nice yeah he might even get more to do than Peta does in this movie yeah yeah so Peta gets to sit there and be injured and Ow. be generally useless which he did in the first movie just yeah. saying well you know your skills are painting yourself like a rock and and throwing a rock laying in the ground and <laughs> throwing rock he's rockman anyway Nick any any spoilery thoughts hmm Sorry if you hear the people beating each other upstairs on the microphone. I don't know what's going on. No. They're playing a rousing game of Egyptian rat screw. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. Good timing. Yeah. Nothing. Nick's brain is jello at this yeah. point. <laughs> His brain is literally liquefied. Like the old lady from Dante's Peak in this film. His brain is melted. <laughs> yeah. Can we just talk about that I moment keep, in the I, theater for a second? Yeah. Okay. So, me and Nick talk frequently about melting grandma and Dante's Peak. <laughs> and, um, because it's both equal parts horrifying and funny. And, <laughs> um... Very equal. Yes. And we were joking about the elderly woman in this, I don't remember her name, but in this film. Mags. Mags, yes. And how and Nick had turned to me and said... I, I, I turned to Nick and I said, I said, how long, you know, gee, I wonder if she's going to die in some horrible, sad way, you know, because she looks so sympathetic. And he goes, Dante's Peak. And I'm like, oh, my God. And sure enough, she melts. We got the 2013. She melts in, in a steam, in a, like a mist, you know, it's, it was perfect. Yeah. Like, never in a million years could I have guessed that she was going to go out like the grandma in Dante's Peak. Nailed so. it. Maybe Francis Lawrence is a big fan of that film. Maybe. It's, uh, you know, so as far as spoilery stuff. I thought the the stuff at like the all the pomp and circumstance surrounding like I said the, the kind of social commentary in this one and all the hoity-toity pomp and circumstance surrounding the whole games was just far more on the skewer in this one. I think they did a much better job of just talking about how transparent all these people are and I just enjoyed that aspect a lot more. Like I, during all the all the tour stuff and all the training montage and all that in the first movie, I wanted to pull my eyes out. I was like, <laughs> "This is excruciating! Like this is so dumb." And they didn't they didn't handle it in a way that made me go, "This is interesting." How, but in this movie, it felt much more well done. And um, I, again, whether or not that's just because the story progresses to that point, or because the directors the director actually does a better job. We may never know. I think it's a good combination of both. Yeah, it could yeah. be. But I, uh, I, I didn't. I, I agree with William that the tour part was a little long. Like, I was like, how many more times am I going to have to see Peta awkwardly look at Katniss in the train, or how? Like, okay, they're going to warm up to each other now. All right. Like, I just was tired of all that. I was like, I want to see Haymitch getting drunk. Like, that's <laughs> much more interesting. Like, tell me the, the story of the of the former winner is much more interesting. Yeah, to I want to see. I want to see Haymitch hanging out with the. With the big, huge uh, black dude that kisses her right on the lips without any question. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to see those two. All those characters were way more interesting. And I wanted to see more of them, and like a million of them die immediately. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, goes. I think they kind of, they kind of, uh, a lot of that gets glossed over, unfortunately, because they just, by that point, they're like, okay, we need to get into the game so you don't get to spend time. And now we need to get out of the games. Yeah. And they do a strange, they, they, they did it in the first one too, if I remember right. They do a strange thing where they kind of, during the the hype building up to the games and stuff, they they show off a couple of the the players. I think this one was like their name was like Gloss and uh, Perfumers. I don't know what their name is. It's like <laughs> stupid. Anyway, and they and they were supposed to be like the, you know the career ones. Like yeah. They were the ones that were brother and sister. Two. And they kind of oh built God, this two up like they even go. They built yeah. this two up like there's gonna be some sort of big confrontation with them. Like you, they're just they look like the line, and then like nothing really like they're there well they they, die, i mean that but yeah I, that I don't that's know. what's weird about this one versus the first one and what i was kind of alluding to earlier was in the first one it's all like confrontation it's like finding people and killing them and this one it's more like they're trying to avoid everybody and they're just skirting the edge of the dome well and that yeah and that's the thing is that that's kind of the ulterior motive of finnick and Peta. 
Like you get keep her away. You get the sense that they have very explicitly been instructed she needs to make it out of this. Mm. Well, that's one thing is you're not in on the joke. You know, no, I mean? and like, you're, like, you're not. And that's see, and one of the things that they left out. One of the few things that I realized that they left out because I'm sure there's a lot more. It's been a while because I did I I listened to the books on audiobook, but when uh, narrated them, I don't remember. Hmm. It wasn't like a celebrity or anybody. Hopefully, it was Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Woody I, Harrelson. I wish. A um, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> can in, in character. Mm, yeah. um, he just falls asleep for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> just listening to I'm, blank tape. Silence. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um. One of the things that they left out was, and I, we didn't talk about Finnick at all or how awesome he is and how douchey he was in the beginning and how much we liked him in the end. And we didn't talk about how awesome Philip Seymour Hoffman was because, and Stanley Tucci for that matter. I, all three of those, those three people were probably my favorite parts of the movie, but. Finnick was good and he was actually one of those actors that I would say I want to see more of now because. Yeah. Totally like to see him in a Fast and Furious movie. I'd be totally done. <laughs> I'd like to see him as a young Kyle Reese in a Terminator movie. I'd be down to. Like I said, he had that weird face that I was kind of like, kind of look a little bit like a young Michael Bean. What a, what a compliment. Jeez. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so I'm jealous it's not me. The uh, <laughs> They left out a detail, and, and possibly for good reason, but uh, Plutarch, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, gives Katniss a watch in the book that that uh when they when they do their dance or whatever and he shows her that there's a mocking jay like that you can do something to it and there's a mocking jay in it he kind of plays his hand and like it gets you thinking is he part of the cause or is he part of the government trying to control the cause from behind the scenes or what is it a mind game yeah yeah so he's you kind of get that idea and then so i don't think they did a good job here and that and because they didn't do a good job in the book. They did not seed in the threads of, like, there's more going on here. Yeah, there was never a sense of... It, it was very. It felt very straightforward. I'm like, okay, these people are going to be put on this island or whatever it is. They're going to kill each other until Peta and Katniss are alive, and then they're going to... Which is... It's nice that it wasn't predictable like that. It wasn't like in a carbon copy, but at the same time, I feel like there should be some small, like, breadcrumbs, you know, at least, like, leading you to an idea. And I never... Maybe just because I wasn't looking for it, but I never felt like I saw those. No, I don't. You know. I don't. I, as somebody who read the book, I don't think you get those breadcrumbs in mm-hmm. this case. Like I had no idea during this movie that the revolution is as organized as it is. Yeah, like it just looked like random smatterings of people that were getting shot. On well, site, and, and I that think was it. I think some of that is that it's not that organized yet, and that Katniss is one of the things that because they haven't because Katniss hasn't been in on it. Because she hasn't been able to be in on it, they haven't been able to use her as the figurehead to kind of rally everybody around. I mean, she, it's got to be pretty organized, though, if a guy infiltrated and is the head game master. That's true. That's like, true. Like, clearly, it's pretty legit that there was this whole... Oh, they have, like, a, a warship where they're, like... They've got, like, one of these tables yeah. that you lean on and talk about $500 billion dollar airplane. Hoffman does say at one point, doesn't he say to her when he first meets her that... She inspired him to come back, or like to come back to work, or whatever. So maybe that's maybe once when she won the first one, that's kind of where this organization started. You know, one thing that that may have flown over my head, and I just don't get like, a, like a like a, a mockingjay. Yes. Um, <laughs> why why is Katniss so important? Like I don't understand why she's this figure that they rally behind. It's all it's all strictly that would have been first book details. Like when when Rue when she. When she, like, builds that... Like, the thing that Peta painted on the ground in his, like, demonstration session in this one was Rue with the flowers. Mm-hmm. And in the first book slash movie, like, Rue... Oh, Peta did that? No. Well, Peta, Peta drew it on the floor. In yeah. the second movie? Yes. I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's the artist. He can decorate himself like a cake. I don't know. But in the first... In the first... Like, her doing that for Rue... <laughs> Her doing that for Rue, and she she sings, she whistles the notes and puts up the three fingers, and it causes that district to riot in the first movie. Like it causes District Eleven or whatever. Whatever she's from, yeah, yeah. It causes them to riot, and that's how Katniss kind of becomes like that. That puts her on this level, and then when they go on the tour and start to go through those well, I think, moments, I think I think also a couple of that the. Um... At the end, when she essentially defies yes, Peter and, and Katniss's like, defiance of being like nobody's going to win these Hunger Games. We're going to we're going to kill ourselves and, and then and screw you. And then they say stop. They essentially like stuck it to the. I guess it's just another way. another 
dead body to throw on the pile of failures that is the first Hunger Games movie <laughs> is that I got no sense of why Katniss is special <clears throat> to these people. Like the berries thing, I was like, that's cool, but I guess it's probably because the first movie didn't do a good enough job of realizing how bleak the world is mm-hmm. like everybody seemed genuinely into the hunger games the only people that seemed sad were katniss her mom and her sister yeah that, you don't you don't get a good uh in the first movie it seems like well they're obviously kind of poor but things seem okay and this one right off the bat is like this shit is like police state yeah yeah did a much it better almost job. makes you wish they'd remake the first one with francis Lawrence yeah, totally. and <laughs> like this this one felt like equilibrium type of like i was like dang like this shit's yeah. heavy and in the first movie i was kind of like these are all whiny people i and i and you know i think some of that could be the books too I think be. the first one did not do necessarily a good job of building that world as well as the second one does, and the second one does by function of going through the, the like the tour. I suppose, but even if the but, if the books improve by the time the the books have been out by the time the first movie is being made, you should be able to draw from the improvement of the books. You would say, hope so. Let's lay down the groundwork that this world sucks. Because I, I was like, hey, and why... Suzanne, Suzanne Collins wrote the first movie, so... I was talking to a friend of mine who loves the books, and I was like, hey, why is Katniss such a dumb asshole? And he was like, what do, what, what do you mean? He's like, like, her... I was like, why does she react to everything like a weirdo? Like, she either doesn't react, or she just screams like a baby, or... It's just... And he goes, well, she's emotionally stunted. That's part of her character. And I was like, okay, and like, why? I don't, I don't know that. Explain. And he said, well, in the books, they do a good job of telling you that when her dad was killed, her mom had to take care of them, and her mom, like, withdrew into herself and wasn't a nurturing emotional parent so Katniss grew up without learning how to express herself emotionally because she never saw it from anybody else I was like wow that's interesting that would have been good to see thanks movie <laughs> yeah her mom is just a character who's called like Katniss's mom I don't even know if she has a name in the in the movies and there's like no there's no understanding of who these people are like the people from her town the only one that got a little bit of development in this one was Gale because yeah. he says oh well you're up there training and smooching that guy in front of the cameras i'm down in the mine like an asshole up to my ears that's why i liked him because i'm like yeah and i was like whoa yeah like he's uh, like even just one line of dialogue kind of expository i was like i buy into it like i was like all right i get it this guy no wonder he's pissed (laughs) i'm hoping that they're able to do the same for i i like katniss a little bit more than you do i think but i'm still not like on board with her 100 percent. but certainly the PETA character i think like i hope they do something with him in this next movie that really makes me like feel like i know who he is like <laughs> i want to, i want to have some connection to this character <laughs> What's it, like, you're it, you're not gonna get that okay <clears throat> it calls back to what i was saying about me not understanding why katniss is so beloved <laughs> like because even in the games like the reason she, a lot of the reasons she survived was like luck or circumstance yeah. like she's not True. particularly well, she, smart. she withdrew she was like i'm gonna like i'm just gonna get away that's what she, she tried to the do tree most of the time yeah, she's she was basically just like i don't want to kill people and so she it wasn't like a strategy, but it was like a, hey, let's let everybody else take care of each other. And then she finally gets to the point where her and Peter are like, we need to survive. And, you know, but it's, I think, I think a lot of motivations and a lot of things could have been cleared up with, with better people at the, on the creative team. Yeah. It's a shame. But. Cause it, it, the potential is there. I'm sure the books are good. I still, I, I almost want to read them now, but I don't because I want to continue with this trend of seeing the movies without knowing the source material. I don't, I don't. I have a pile as tall as me of books I need to read. No, 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 and I, and I, yeah, I don't think you should put these at the top. I think they're very much young adult fair. Yeah, we've been way over time. Uh, I don't, I think they're very much young adult fair. I don't think there's a lot necessarily worth reading, but it's, um, <laughs> I think, I think you'll have a better time viewing the world through Francis Lawrence's eyes than you will. Is he, he directing the next, next one? Yeah. Next cool. year, nice. He's signed on for like Mockingjay Parts 1 and 2. Consider me legitimately excited because I'm more interested in what's to come, I think. I just hope to God that this lets Fra- Francis Lawrence do more and cool and interesting things. Uh, Not, I mean, we've gotten three movies from him before this. Two things of, cleaning up at the box office. Which, uh, absolutely. What was the other one? Uh, I Am Legend, Constantine. And Water for Elephants. Water for Elephants, cool. I don't remember hating, but I didn't necessarily love it. And Robert Pattinson's in it. It's so not that exactly his turn typical some people away. type of... It's, well, that's the thing. He's got three movies, so what is his typical sensibility? Well, I think Constantine and I Am Legend kind of set up a little bit of a vibe of what yeah. he was doing. And then Water There's for Elephants feel. is very different from... I think Water for Elephants certainly is the one that you go, that doesn't belong. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's very true. But, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, Maybe if he would have had more clout with I Am Legend in the beginning, maybe the practical effects would have happened. I don't know. I don't know. But I, know. I haven't done any research into why that decision was changed or anything. That's a whole other podcast. But it is. anyway, we're super over time. Um, 
Who would have thunk it of all movies? I know. <laughs> we, we apparently <laughs> have a lot threes. that we would like to talk about with Hunger Games. Uh, yeah. Go check it out. You've already heard that. This is the uh, end of the spoiler section. That's Nick breathing into the microphone. Uh, many thanks to Aunt Mr. John, my brother, for our artwork and music. Uh, email us feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know how you like the show. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Uh, ask us questions. We might talk about it on the air. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, go look us up in iTunes, Midwest Film Nerds. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Um, at MFN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, I meant to mention I now have a PlayStation 4 and I want to do some streaming stuff if anybody is interested in actually watching me play video games. And maybe Nick and Willie can pop in on the stream too or whatever and hey. we can talk or whatnot. If, if there is interest for that, I will start doing it and um, it'll be on Ustream or Twitch. Uh, but you can follow my personal Twitter at johnny1703. Usually it tweets out when I start a broadcast. Um, MFN Podcast on Instagram, Midwest Film News Podcast on Vine. Uh, next week, what might we be reviewing? I don't know. There's something... We're doing that, Old Boy, correct? Yes, we are going to be reviewing Spike Lee's Old Boy. <laughs> Spike Jones. Um, Spike Jones' Old Boy. That'd be really weird. So, come back for that next week. Um, I think that's about it. Kyle X.Y., go watch a movie. <laughs>